Okay. All right. One, one, one more time. One more time. Welcome out DIYers to the Shared Vision DIY Talk podcast, the DIY podcast made by DIYers for DIYers. I'm your co-host Spencer Bardsley alongside Cammie Wilcox. Each week we bring you industry and influencer experts from around the globe to learn and get answers to our burning questions. Our guest today is Beth from Team Tench. Beth is a professional in business and entrepreneurial finance. She is also an avid DIYer, with her most recent project being a kitchen remodel. You can see some of Beth's projects at toolpurse.com and on her Instagram at Team Tench. Beth has also started a great business with her husband called Columbus Yard Games. Beth, it is a great pleasure to have you on our show today. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited and we'll just jump right in if that's okay. Um, my first question for you today is how did you start DIYing? Did you grow up DIYing? Um, and this is a question for you and Jack because I imagine your DIY beginning stories are different. Um, but I'd love to hear each of you talk about how, how you started in DIY. I'm actually super interested to hear Jack's answer, but I'll tell you mine first. Uh, so my dad is an electrician. So growing up, he was like very hands-on. Um, he built me a tree house, like in a tree in our backyard. So I had always had exposure to that, but never really did stuff myself. Um, and then after college, I moved to Chicago and was a business professional and wasn't really handy or crafty or creative in any way. And I don't really remember what spurred this. It was probably HGTV. Like, I'm not actually sure when I started watching that, but I started to feel like, oh my God, I want to make stuff. And so I was renting an apartment and I remember I wanted to do an accent wall. And this was, I mean, this was probably in like 2011. And I went to the rental company and I was like, I want to do an accent wall in my bedroom. And I thought they were going to say like a hard no. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, to make sure we can paint over it. So I, I painted in between the, you know, the molding that was on the wall and made this like cool design. And after that, I was like, this DIY stuff's not so hard. I mean, you, I guess paint was my entry. And then I had a bunch of running headbands because I was like an avid runner. So I made this pegboard with like cute knobs. I think we, st I think at one point Jack's like, oh yeah, because now we, I mean, I made that in 2011. So 10 years ago, it made it all the way through all of our moves. And now I use it for my youngest daughter's hair bands. All the knobs are from anthropology and I had never heard of anthropology. I didn't understand why each knob was like $8. <laughs> it was so, like I could have bought something way cheaper, but I was like, no, I'm going to like buy this stuff and then buy all these really expensive like rose knobs and make this headband thing that I'm going to make us hang in our apartment. So that was probably my start. And then, when we bought our condo in Chicago, we bought new build. So like we had a builder warranty. So like we didn't have to do anything like a light switch didn't work. We called the builder. But then when we were moving out of our apartment, we wanted to make some pretty substantial changes. Uh, and I remember my dad came up and we had to like, literally we built a wall to close off where we had these like French doors and it wasn't a good feature. We needed to make it like another bedroom. And my dad like closed in this wall. We I, we had a contractor close it in and he did a horrible job drywalling. So that's when my dad was like, I'm going to teach you about floating. I was like, what? And I don't know, when did YouTube get big? Because this would have been 14 or 15 when we were going to get ready to sell the condo. 
And I was like, I just, I didn't even think to use YouTube. Like I literally used my dad to teach me everything. So that was my start. And then it just, we went, we went real aggressive from there. I'll say that much. But what, when did you start DIYing? I can't even really remember when you became like uber handy. Yeah, it just happened over time. I, uh, so my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. So I never had like the father influence to show me around tools and stuff. So my mom sent me off to college with a flashlight toolbox that had like caution lights on it that you put in your trunk, you know, when you're traveling. Nice. So I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea what I was doing um, with literally anything, woodworking, drywall, electric, plump, nothing. Um, and then Beth's dad's perspective. So it was a combination of a few things, I guess. Saving money, it was kind of hard to find vendors to in Chicago. Um, they were pretty unreliable. So it was it was a combination of not having to deal with vendors, saving some money, and then pressure from my father-in-law and also my brother. <clears throat> um, best dad's perspective is that uh, if you can't do things with your hands, you're not really fit to be a husband. <laughs> <laughs> so... My husband, at least. And then I kind of got tired of being his apprentice as well, like holding his tools while he did the work. And so just naturally, I started getting into it. Um, And I guess my very first project, maybe, as you're reminding me of all that, was uh, sanding, sanding the... Remember we had that sliding door, sliding door, I think, on the... And we had to... The wood. Some no, but I think our first project something. together was the bubble, the bubble chandelier. I bought this chandelier off of like Crate and Barrel for our office. And granted, it was the worst light ever. Like it wasn't even good lighting, but it was cute. And I was dumb and young. I was like, this looks trendy. And I bought it and we had no idea how to install a light, but I'm like, you just take the old light down, put the new light up. And it was not that simple. So we were like, FaceTime, I don't think it was called FaceTime back then, but we're video chatting with my dad. I remember it was a Valentine's day and my dad just kept saying, now that is the ugliest light I have ever seen. Why would you hang that? My dad's like super Southern. And so that's when like my dad, my, I call it like the Joey test. Like whenever we buy stuff now, I'll be like, dad, what do you think of this? And if he's like, that is horrendous. We're like, yep, we're going to buy it right now. Like anything he thinks is ugly is like super on trend. So like we literally still to this day, like, in fact, when the people bought our condo, they're like, that is the nicest chandelier. I'm like, see, it basically sold the condo for us. Yeah. And as I'm thinking about this, I think it was <coughs> just being lucky enough to be around people who knew enough that I felt comfortable talking to about different projects and stuff. So my father-in-law was one. My brother at the time was shifting into construction. So he was starting to learn a ton about it. And we lived in an um, a eight-unit condo building. And two of our neighbors were super handy, like Ryan, his name's Ryan Hamburger. Um, he did a ton of stuff in it. Like, basically, this was new to me. I had no idea that, like, people, <laughs> that people did this stuff. I kind of agree. Uh, like, I just don't think we even knew. So just being around people that did it, we could, if we wanted to get a project done, we had really close consultation that we could, you know, it was like just an easy part of our lives at the, at that point. Yeah, I could say we were definitely naive, like that people could even do this stuff. And once we found out that there was this world, I feel like we we just dove right in. So that's a very know, long yeah, answer. I, I mean, I didn't know what anything was. Like, we didn't have any tools. Like my brother told me I needed an orbital sander to uh, 
to do this thing on the door and so i'm facetiming him from the lows down the street asking him what an orbital <laughs> sander is and can i get this black and decker one is that one gonna be okay you know like, like that's where i was at the time so yeah that's awesome and i think i think we all need somebody to say you can do this right like whatever project you're doing and they're like yeah you can totally do this yourself or they need to say there's no way you can do this. And either way, the result will be the same, right? You'll do it and it will be great. I totally agree. Like when we were on here a few weeks ago, I mean, maybe it was even, maybe it was Greg who was saying about, um, I was like, I don't know. Should I install these cabinets? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Oh no, we're doing, we're all out installing our own cabinets now. Like we're doing the homework. We've been like researching it. I'm like, okay. Like sometimes it's just the confidence boost you need of someone to be like, yeah, you can do that. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to try it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, let's just jump to your kitchen. We'll, we'll fill in some backstory in a little bit, but okay. So your current project is your kitchen, right? Yeah. I mean, we got a cup. You see, that's, this is how it spirals. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the kitchen is the big thing and we, we did it in a few phases. So we kind of took on this new approach where I feel like oftentimes renovations are very deadline focused and we kind of were like, we're going to flip it on its head. We have three young kids. And so um, while deadlines are important, it like we've we've lived through a renovation in our old house, and so doing it this time, we're like, let's make it more of a lifestyle and like embrace it as the, you know being fun, embrace it as like a lesson to our kids. Like I do feel like a lot of the stories we hear about DIY, it's you know kids have exposure at a young age to seeing the, kind of the values you instill in them, and like, hey, it's good to put in the sweat equity, it's good to put in the labor. Um, so we're like, hey, for this renovation in our new house let's kind of take it slow and then have involved the kids as much as we can. So with that, we did a bunch of the big functional things, like any walls that needed to come down, we took down, um, we needed to move a bathroom. We did that, but we did everything like I'll call it like level one, which was like, make it functional. So there was a toilet sitting in the middle of a room with no walls around it. But my three-year-old was potty training and I was like, I have to have a toilet on the first floor. So we did all of that. Um, and we, we did bring in a good amount of help for like the trades. So if it was my dad's our electrician, I brought in a plumber. Um, once all that was done, then Jack went through and did a layer of, okay, let's build walls. And so we were, this was a big thing we were on the fence of, do we hire a contractor to build these walls and to do all the drywall work? We do it ourselves. Jack did 90% of it. And then we ended up hiring someone to come in and do the sanding. And that was really from a safety perspective. Um, we wanted to get it all done at once and get it done really fast with the least amount of mess possible. Um, and now we're at the fun part of the finishes, the tiling, the installing the cabinets. Um, and we are kind of going through a list of the different, I'd say, capabilities we need, um, trades we need. And we've kind of assessed, you know, this is where we're going to try to take a stab at DIYing. And this is where we're going to bring in a pro. I love that. Um, so two thoughts. I, I actually kind of think a toilet in the middle of the room is brilliant for potty training. <laughs> like, There's no door to get in the way. Most people get those temporary little toilets off of Amazon. I'm like, nah, you got to put the real thing in. Teach That's your kids right. for real. <laughs> and then I I love the idea. I hadn't really thought of it this way as far as deciding what to DIY and what not to DIY um, and choosing to do it based on time and cleanliness, right? So like you're focusing on we are staying in this house while we do this renovation. We're, we're encouraging our kids to see the process to understand that that we can do it and that eventually they can do it too and um so then choosing 
not to DIY something because it will be a lot faster and cleaner and safer ultimately uh, for you, you to hire it out. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a really, a really fun, interesting way to do it with where you're at in your DIY. Yeah. So, I mean, the only big thing we're outsourcing, and this was a tough one, are the floors. And we have about, I think they estimated a thousand square foot of flooring on the first floor of this house of wood floor. And so with all of the patching that needed done and then repair work on them and then all the finishing stuff, um, it was like $6,500. Um, and that, that's a lot of money. It's a yeah. lot of money. When like we were working with, I would say, I would say I was trying to keep the first floor under 50000 um, and so I'm like, wow, like this is over 10% of our budget um, for the floors and knowing that like, it's something we're capable of doing ourselves. But then I was just like, how, for how long it's going to displace us for how loud the equipment is, we're going to have to rent it. We're going to have to figure out like what happens for us is like, anytime we have an equipment rental, I'm like, do not let a kid get sick. Do not let anything get in the way. We have a ticking time clock. And with us with three kids, five and under, like, you're just destined to know that like, okay, the daycare is going to close down with a COVID exposure like that week when we're planning to do it. Oh, so for sure. You're playing with fire big right thing. there. Yeah. The floors are the big thing that we were like, okay, we're going to just bite the bullet and outsource it. So, so are you the sanding, refinishing all of that? Uh, or are you doing something other than wood? Uh, no. So we already put in the tile where we were going to pull the, where we pulled old wood up um, okay. in the new laundry room that we added where there was like a bedroom. We took that out um, already redid the floors there. So it's just going to be all the hardwood on the first floor, which there's three different types of wood. So, cause we, when you oh. take down walls and there's uh, three rooms that you're magically trying to blend is one and they were done during different periods, like one in the sixties, one in the nineties. Um, they're having to do some work to kind of blend and like lace that all together in a way that looks, it, it's never going to look like it was all done at the same time. But I do think this is where we needed a professional to come in and, and do some adjustments to get things, you know, um, looking, looking like, okay. Like they blend in a, in a, in a suitable way. Yeah. Do all of your boards run the same way? Uh, they do in between the kitchen, the living room, and the dining room. And then the den that I think was like added later um, runs a different way. Okay. And that was because I think it's over the, with the joists. I don't know if they changed direction or something like that. Um, they're, they're just different. And they're different. They're like pegged down. So there's these walnut pegs in that wood. Oh. Which is, it's really pretty. But the floors over time have turned orange. So nothing is like, we don't really need to redo our floors right now. Like they work, we could get the patching done and all of that. But, um, you know, now we're spending all this money. We're going with green cabinets in the kitchen and the floors have a real orange look to them. And the, the way the orange is going to go against the green, I think is just going to bring out the wrong tones. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, I feel like we just need to bite the bullet and get these floors done so that we don't freak out that the cabinets look weird in the space. Let's give them the yeah. best shot they have. And there's never a good time to do floors, especially when you live there. Uh, so now's as good a time as any, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. So, yeah, that's that's the big thing we're outsourcing. But everything else, um, we, I might even be doing the backsplash. I have a great mm -hmm. tiler, but I'm like, you know what? The tile is uh, – my tile budget is being filled by just the tile. And so to have an installer come in, I'd need to find an extra probably two grand. So I'm like, it's just small little spaces. I'm going to tile a backsplash maybe. Yeah, I, you definitely could. And if you have different sections, you could even do it where um, 
you know, you did, you do one wall one night and then another wall another night. Totally. Um, so that then you can, it can be attainable because you guys both work, right? Like this is, this is all we just do. fluff. <laughs> That's what's so hard about it is like, unless you're an influencer and you're making money off of like enough money to support, you know, your family, um, like we have to have carry full-time jobs to do this. And then you're also trying to like, you know, share. I feel like a big reason we're able to DIY is because people share their experiences, share their projects and share their failures. And so it's like almost like you need to give back to that community that you took from, like fill the cup back up and say, okay, here's like, what was that recently, Jeff? Where we were like, we learned something with, you're like, I, I want to respond to this video and say, hey, there's actually a better way to do it. What was that on the pocket door? Or something where basically... Oh, it was, it was scribing. Oh, scribing. So we're on this cabinet uh, research. <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody scribe, like basically um, measuring for a filler by taking a bunch of individual measurements from the top to the bottom of the wall. Uh, and, uh, uh-huh. and they could have just used the scribe tool to, to, to run the, the line, basically. So. Right. So it's one of those things where I feel like continuing to enhance that community where we can. And and this is where I think we try to welcome feedback. So one thing I love about posting online is to be like, Hey, I'm, I don't know what to do in this blank space. And like people will respond to my stories and be like, you should do a mural and you should follow this woman or, Hey, you should do this. So it's like without a, a forum to share it in, um, it's, it's good to gather other people's opinions, but also, you know, put content out there for other people to learn from as well. So, but yeah, it's really hard to do that with the three kids, with the full-time jobs and without the full-time jobs, you can't pay for the renovation or the kids. So it's this <laughs> cycle of like constant balance. And then, you know, so we're doing this renovation, but we've always said like, we're not going to rush. And like, I will be honest, we ordered these cabinets. We're going with a local Amish company. They're great, but they don't even really use computers. So we actually had to model out the cabinets using a different line and then print them out. And they emailed them, like I'm sure through like an AOL connection to the lead of this build company, Um, but they're phenomenal. And so it was a very loose, like, when do you need these? Hey, by the way, we're not taking orders right now. We're stopping taking orders because they're backlogged five months. So this was in March. And I was like, I don't want these until September. Like September would be the earliest. And so I put it in deposit. We designed the whole thing. And I was like, great. Literally thinking they'll contact me in December because they take a fall break in October. And I was like, they're not going to start. And then I get a call a few weeks ago and they're like, oh, no, you have to take possession of these because they're closing down for the fall break on like September 25th or something. And so they're, yeah, so then it kind of accelerated things. So we had started up some other projects outside of the kitchen thinking, the kitchen's totally functional. We have it working where we need to. I hadn't ordered a lot of the other stuff yet because I was like, I'm just going to wait until the cabinets come, you know, probably do it in December, or January, you know, the winter. And then that kind of got accelerated. So it's kind of making us now balance the other projects we started. Like we started finishing the basement. We started up a side company where we had made these yard games and people were interested in renting them because obviously a lot more activities over the summer have continued to move outdoors. Um, And then we had to keep making the games because there was demand and there was interest. And so we've been balancing now this like side business, which is great because when we rent things, I'm able to say, okay, this this supported our family. This supported a small business. Like by renting these yard games that we make, now we can go and buy, you know, this for the house. And so it's really fun to look at kind of what 
that side business is helping us to fund. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And I want to talk more about your side business in just a second. Um, And I want to just pause and see and let everybody know that if you want to ask any questions of Beth and Jack, um, just go ahead and raise your little hand on the bottom right hand corner and we'll bring you up and you can ask any questions you want at any time. Well, I know, Katie, um, one of the questions before Jack has to leave is, I know you had asked me a while ago, like, um, if Jack, like, how we're on the same page about things. Yeah, I like, said that to Jack today. I was like, hey, like, do you, when it comes to, like, DIYing in the house, like, I can, we're on the, are we on the same page about it? Like, I've never, I never really think about it that way. Um, and I kind of want to hear his answer to it. Because we never even get to finish the conversation. So we're on, we're generally on the same page with what needs to get done. Um, in terms of like the, the broader vision, um, we need to finish the bathroom. We need to finish the kitchen framing. We need to this or that or whatever. Um, I would say at least until recently, we rarely had been on the same page around, uh, priorities, I guess. And so we have three kids. So not only do we both work, but we have a family, um, with, with a few little kids, and so when one of us is doing projects, basically the other one of us is watching kids. And so we would wind up in a lot of situations where one of us would watch kids, typically Beth, for an extended period of time, while the other one of us did projects. And then stuff would take longer or not look with the way Beth expected or you know whatever. Things come up when you're doing these projects. They don't always go the way you expect. And so then we would wind up feeling like, basically both sides are underappreciated for the work that they did during that time, you know? And so that, that drove, I would say a lot of tension. Um, But one thing that we've done recently that I think has worked really well is we've just shifted to something that's really simple, which we call a top three list. And so each week we just try to identify three things that we want to accomplish. And that can be DIY stuff or just, goals in general, house admin stuff or whatever. Um, But it's helped as simple as it is, it's helped tremendously to say, all right, for the house this week, what are the top three things that we need to get done? And um, for me, it's been great because then I know where I'm spending my time, it's going to be appreciated. And Beth knows that where she's watching the kids, stuff's going to get done that she wants. Yeah. I think it was like when we were first starting the business too, our first few big rentals, like getting those together took so much time and commitment. And it's like when you are starting your own company and you're DIYing, when you have to make something and it's taking longer than you expected. I remember like the week leading up to our first big rental, um, they wanted some additional stuff that we didn't have. Like, oh, hey, do you have, you know, these ladder golf games? We're like, "Uh, yeah, but we have one set, not two. And so we were up to like one in the morning, like several nights, like, making these things and it was like oh my god how do you balance this with like everything else but we figure it out i'm glad there's two of us we're not just doing it like i couldn't do it on my own oh my gosh i i feel like i get so much marriage advice from this podcast <laughs> right I, I was thinking the same so thing great. thinking hey yeah th- th- this is a this top three thing is a great uh great idea i like i like that a lot would you um, ever feel like you make a list with your spouse and it has 20 things? He's he's taken off to go do a, actually a work a work call. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, well, Jack. Jack. Thanks, uh, Jack. 
we would make these rolling lists. And sometimes I think when you're, you know, doing things yourself, and, th- and this is another way we uh, to kind of define when we end up outsourcing stuff, when the list is just not humanly feasible. And we're like, as much as we want to DIY something, like these lists that are 20, 50 items long, it's like a punch list. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. we can't feasibly do this all on our own. So Right, we don't have a crew for that. <laughs> totally. Not until um, they get a little older. Right. Uh, Beverly, I am so glad to see you raise your hand and come on up to the stage. Go ahead and unmute, and we would love to hear your question. Thanks, Cammie. Um, I wanted to ask this question before Jack left, but I guess Beth can answer. Um, I wanted to know, you know, there's a point whenever you're doing a DIY in the midpoint where it's like, is it ever going to be done? And, and you're just, you know, you're so discouraged if something didn't come out right. And so it's taking even longer. So I wanted to know as a couple, how do you guys encourage each other or what does it take or what do you guys do in order for to actually like push through? That's a good question. I actually, I have a blog post up. It's one of the only ones I've finished and posted, but when I was doing our wallpaper in our first powder room and I got stuck, it was just taking way longer. I, there were some nuances to not having square walls, just a bunch of things on this project just held me up. And I lost my, honestly, I lost my confidence in it. And I kept questioning, like, I should outsource this. I shouldn't. And it got to the point where finally Jack knew he's like, you need to finish this out. Like at this point, like we can't bring in a professional so we can tear it all down and start from scratch or you need to do it. And the thing is, like, he gave me my confidence back. He's like, what do you need to get this done? Do you need 20 hours without the kids? Do we need to, like, take the kids to your mom's? Like, we need to just knock this out. And I think that's one of the things I do for Jack as well. Like, I can tell. I can tell when he's like, hey, I'm just going to, like, get this done. I'll be done by 10. And then it's, like, 1130, and he's still in the garage working on it. I know what he needs. He needs company. He needs someone to just, because he even says, he's like, sometimes I do these projects and I get lonely because, you know, you're out in the garage by yourself. And he's like, "I'm. it's fun, but it takes way longer. And I remember this was the same with the umbrella stands we made. Our backyard, we had just moved into the house. The backyard was just not enjoyable. There was no shade. This was like in the height of COVID where like you couldn't order anything online. And Jack's like, I'm going to build these umbrella stands so that our kids can play outside. We have some shade in the backyard. And it ended up taking so long. And finally, he like took like three days off work and like knocked these out because he's like, I know this is going to increase the quality of our life and I want to finish making these. And then you get this like kick of like just total like energy when you finish it because you're like, ah, I did this. This is amazing. So a lot of it's just honestly, it's like mental pep talks constantly. And then a lot of times with Jack, he hates sanding and painting. So I'll be like, all right, if you can finish building this, I will sand it and paint it tomorrow. Like I promise I won't put this off for another week. Like you finish your part and we will bring it across the finish line together. So that's a little bit about how we, how we, try to help each other, encourage each other. That's, that's great. That's great. I love that. Sorry, Beverly. Didn't mean to cut you off there if you were uh, going to say something. So it's fine, Spencer. I was just going to say that, um, that's good that you guys know what each other needs, which is, which is really good. I had one more question, but go ahead. No, please take it away, Beverly. Okay. So my other question was, um, who is actually usually right? Oh God. Uh, that's a good one. I would say oftentimes Jack is the more methodical thinker. So he thinks through 
all the required steps. And he's the one who like talks me off the ledge because I'm a starter. Like I will start 10 projects when people are part of the 95% club. I'm part of like the 53% club. Like I started and then like, I'm like, Oh, and then we should do this too. Then all that. And Jack's always the one who's like, okay, but Beth, let's think about this. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't do this, but like, he like thinks through logically the steps of like how we execute and he's the finisher. So like most of the time I would say he's just the one who ends up adding um, an element of like, is this actually possible? Should we actually be doing this? Um, but then I level it. I think I take us to the next level because I do think like, especially with yard games, like when we were expanding that to have multiple sets to do multiple rentals, he was like, I think this is too much. And I was like, but at some point, like there's going to be a little bit of burn for that growth. Like when you're experiencing growth, when like you're, if you're an entrepreneur, from what I've heard, like you should be up late working in a garage. Like, I think that's a sign that we're going to be successful in the future. So I would say he's, he's probably right. A lot of the time, I just get too excited about things. Um, so he brings it back down to earth. <laughs> I think, I think Beth, that that is, that that is very, uh, that ends up being a good relationship. I know with, uh, with Anna and I, it's, it's very similar. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, you know, in the sky, in the clouds, and she's tethering me to reality. Right? Yeah. So it's a, that's a, that, that's awesome. That's awesome that you can be that for each other. Yeah, I think Beth. I think at one point you said he's the one who holds my balloon. I can't remember where I heard that. I was pretty sure it was you. And I thought, oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? Like one of us is floating in a dreamer, and the other one like is the ground and supports. I mean, that's definitely us. That's definitely us. Yeah, that's awesome. But he's also like a great solution person. Like we'll get stuck on like, it'll, it'll be the dumbest thing. Like I won't, I'll be like, oh, this corner ends. How do we do this? And he's the solution finder for things like really nuanced things. Like right now we have a corner where there used to be a wall and we need to blend two types of trim. And the, the plan is to do a colored trim in the mudroom that would be like a blush color. And it's going to be coming together with the green cabinetry. And he's the one who like has all these different solutions of how we can kind of like merge them together. And so he's kind of our solution finder as well for these really nuanced problems. I don't know how he finds, like he finds someone who knows someone who knows someone who one time did something kind of like it, but on baseboard and, and boom, now we have our solution. So he's great with that too. That's awesome. What does, uh, what does Jack do for a job? So um, we actually work at the same company, which like, Gosh, we don't get enough of each other, really. I meet him frequently. Um, so he works for the same company as me, and he does, um, I guess the best way to describe it is partnership development. So where our company can work with other companies in a symbiotic way that provides mutual benefit. Um, and he does a lot of looking at who we should partner with, how we should negotiate those arrangements, how we should work out compensation. So very finance and uh relationship heavy and then you come to our house to do the DIY projects and it's very like execution uh you know planning out project management so I would say like in a few years I feel like he's gonna have this skill set where he could be like CEO of anything he's, he has a very diverse skill set from what he's doing at home and from what he's doing at work it's totally true, but it does seem like his his day job ties in to his strategic planning. And yeah. how, how that, tie, yeah, I can totally see how that would tie in. 
maybe that's why he's so good at making the decisions about what we outsource versus what we do. Cause he like, I don't often, um, food DIY. I think one of the things people don't consider is the cost of your time. And like, I take the stance of like, well, unless I'm doing an independent project for someone else, it's not like I could bill my time out anyway, but right. he takes it as like opportunity costs. And I think he's really good at weighing that. Um, and people, I, I don't think often look at that. And people also, I think, are very confident in, um, oh, I can knock this out in five hours. I'm like, no, no, always like times it by two and then, you know, triple the cost as well. Um, so I think it's good to have him, like, you know, he's like, if we're going to spend 10 hours on this and we could get someone to come over and do this for, you know, $600, he's like, at the end of the day, is there a real reason why we feel we need to do it? So he did, he actually felt very strongly about doing the wainscoting that we mm -hmm. built. And it's because he had, we had hired someone in our last house to build some custom cabinets and it, it just did not look good. Like it just didn't like some of the, um, I don't know how you say it, but like when the cabinet was an inlay. And so I forget what they're called. We're like, where it lays in the reveal, they were all uneven. Oh, he's like, he's yeah. like, I just don't trust someone's work unless I've seen it and I'm comfortable with it. And so he was like, I would rather learn this because I think it's a great skill set. And uh, he's like, the cost of what it would cost to have someone come in and do this custom would be pretty high. But he's like, I think it's just being really good at math and finding a good program to help us with the, you know, proportions and dimensions. So he did all of that. Um, and it took him a while, but I do think that was a good decision on his part to say, I'd rather learn this skill and save this money more so because I know if I'm doing it, I'm a perfectionist and I'm going to get it right. And I, I can't always guarantee the quality if I hire someone. Yeah. And it's, it's probably, at least for me, it's less uncomfortable to have to do it three times, but then know that I've got it right than to have to decide whether I tear out was what I just paid someone to do, or I have to have a conversation with them and ask them to do it again. Um, it's far easier for me just to do it myself three times and know that it's perfect the way I want it. Totally. Totally. But so we do have to get aligned on those things because like if he's going to spend 20 hours on something where I'm like, we should outsource that, then those are always conversations where I feel like everyone needs to bring their case to the table of like, you know, you get 20 minutes to make your case and then I'll make mine. And then we're just going to have to decide and commit. <laughs> then we'll vote. Exactly. <laughs> we'll vote. So on the, since we're talking about you and Jack and, um, so you guys just converted that bedroom to a mudroom, a laundry room and a bathroom. Um, how did the design process work for you guys? How, as far as deciding how big was the bathroom going to be and, and where the mudroom was going to be and how this all tied in, how did that process work for you guys? Yeah. So it's really interesting. So I, I do digital product design, but I do product design from, with user experience for work. Um, so we use a process, you know, design thinking and all the, you know, insert trendy word here. Um, but really it's about looking at a user and how they use the space or how they use your product. And so um, one of the core things that we teach when we teach how to do design thinking is actually when you're designing a space to bring in giant cardboard boxes and to 
actually spend the couple hours maybe taping a space and um, for a kitchen, bringing in boxes at the right height. And then you'll realize, okay, but when you open the oven door, will it bump into the island? And, and thinking through like the functional use of the space. And that's, and that's exactly what we did here. Like when we knew what was, when we looked at the house, we looked at it, like we were just to be kind of 2020, not, not looking for new houses, but we knew our current house was just too small. I was pregnant in the middle of the middle of that pandemic. Two young, two young kids, daycare was closed. So we're like, oh my god, we need more space. The house popped up. Popped up. And house and house the grassy area. And um, it was already, it was already kind of at the top of our budget. And so we came and looked at it, at it, walking, 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 walking. There's just there's some, just really some weird, weird things about this space. We like, imagine if this wall could come down. And I was like, no, no, faster, faster, go. So as we walked into the house, I kind of knew. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Could we move the back, the back? Like, but like, we just, we just happen to know. Like, I was like, you can't just move it back. You gotta, you gotta look at where that is. I knew it would be expensive. So like, so like, during your walk through the house, the house, I feel like every, every other was probably walking the house, looking at like the miniatures in the master bathroom bath. And I'm like, and I'm looking at like a crawl space, like can we one run and run and line under the crawl space and tie it into the waist of the waist. So that we can actually, we can actually bathroom bath. So before we went off and off the house, we knew, we had literally walked this space in a way of, okay, this bathroom, we need to go here. And we believe it's possible to move the, you know, tie into the waist back here and here is piping and stuff like that. And then once we moved in, we... Yeah, yeah, started like started taping things out and pretending like that's how the space was going to be used before we took down or added any walls. Like our our bathroom on our first floor um, is used by people when they use our pool, and so we when we were considering how big it needed to be, it was okay. An adult needs to be able to change a child out of a swimsuit in this bathroom, and like the sink we're adding, we have three young kids and like we're going to have that for a while and we like people come here all the time so we're adding two faucets into a um tr- like a long long sunken sink in the bathroom so that two kids at the same time can wash their hands and we don't have you know like a line so there's just different design decisions that we purely made them out of function and how we will use the space but like for resale people would probably say that's so dumb why would you have two faucets in a powder room and i'm like because I'm not thinking of resale. I'm thinking of making this house for us, you know? I think that's a, that's, that's a really important thing for, you know, listeners to pay attention to is, is, you know, like what's interesting about what you're doing, Beth, is not just the, the process, which I want to talk a little bit more about as well, but the, uh, um, you know, that function, you know, if you do end up deciding to sell this, which right now, you know, this is, this is the home you're building for you guys is you're going to find someone who's going to love that as well and going to, you know, you're not going to get a, a, a single person purchasing your house uh, for themselves, right? Or, or just a couple just for themselves, right? There, it's going to be a family if, if that's the case anyway. But if not, you know, build your space and make your space beautiful to what you want and, you know, in this, uh, you know, and just you know, take those that into, into consideration. I think that often doesn't happen. Um, I also love, you know, that you use the, you know, sort of design thinking, this, this methodology of, of, uh, of trying to prototype your space. That's, uh, I had a a designer um, colleague, you know, I was talking with her about, you know, different ways we were updating our house when we used to live in Columbus. 
Uh, and, uh, and she's like, oh yeah, just go get, just like you said, just go get cardboard boxes and cut them out and make them, uh, you know, cut them into the shape or, or whatever and see, see what it's like. And we did that with a cab or with a countertop, uh, you know, and had it up for a week or so just to see. And, and it just became so obvious and so clear that that's exactly what we wanted. And then it helped us to see what we wanted to put above it. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really interesting what happens uh, with your brain when you're able to uh, sort of put something in its place. That's even if it doesn't look right, like colors were obviously wrong. All of those kinds of things were wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, moving those types of things into the space just allows you to see the space in a different way. So yeah, that's, it's a really good call out, Beth. I think it's awesome. So, you know, for those that are listening, if you're trying to do major things in your house or even smaller things, if you can figure out cheap, easy ways to, uh, you know, simulate what that might look like or what you can do there in that space, it really does help. And, you know, the, the door opening that Beth had mentioned or, or even, uh, walking around, you know, sometimes if you add something into your space, uh, you cut off angles and uh, start bumping into things often. You know, so all of that is really helpful. So yeah, awesome, awesome stuff, Beth. And what better time to do it than right after you move in and you have a million boxes and you can just break them up and turn them into three different rooms? Well, I will say too, like, I don't know that we knew exactly what we wanted to do with the kitchen. So like when we wanted to, the bathroom that we moved in, the powder room was like right in the middle of the kitchen. And we're like, okay, we need to move this. But then we're like, well, this, this wall just doesn't make sense. We need to take this wall down. But the refrigerator's right here. And this refrigerator too feels too small. We, we basically allowed ourselves to do it in phases. And so like, it was like, okay, we know no matter what, this wall has to come down. Okay. We know no matter what we're building a new bathroom, but like, Oftentimes people basically wait until they, they do everything at once because speed is their priority. They're like, I'm going to demo the kitchen and then we're going to have the cabinets in and then we're going to template and it takes 10 days and then we're going to have it because they're just so worried about not having a kitchen. And I've been there and I get it. And I'm definitely, as we're removing our kitchen in two weeks, I'm, I'm making those, those calculations in my head as well. But if you can allow yourself to like take out the wall and live in an unfinished space and do it piecemeal, I will say we have shifted the design several times. And one of the big things we did is that we shifted the refrigerator, um, got a new one, got rid of the old little one, shifted the refrigerator to where the old bathroom was. And we literally have had a kitchen sitting on top of old bathroom tile in the middle of our floor. Um, and we're okay just like not entertaining large groups or only having our close friends over but after we moved that out, we realized this kitchen needs a giant window. And that wasn't in the original budget. And I, I, when we started getting quotes and all of that, it quickly became like, this isn't a DIY job. We're going to have to get a new header put in. I mean, we need three guys to even like lift the header up that we were going to put in. Um, and the total cost, and there was brick. And the, the house the house brick is from the 1960s. So it was like, do you get custom brick? Or we ended up talking to a mason who connected us with another couple just like us who were DIYing and they were DIYing in German village here in Columbus and they had a brick very similar to ours and God bless them they had ordered tons because they were going to have to use like different pieces they had so much left over and the guy was like I need to get rid of this if you can come get it out from the third floor of this walk up you can have whatever you can carry take as much as you want um, so that helped with the budget. But I mean, this window from start to finish, everything, it's nine and a half feet. 
it was $8,000 to get it put in, buy it, everything. And that was coming out of the, you know, the $50,000. And because it wasn't something we could DIY, it was like, oh man, like that's a huge chunk, but I'm so glad we did it. Like even now, Jack's like, if you had to do it over again, would you still spend, you know, 10, 20% of your budget on this? I was like, yes. And I don't think we would have done it had we done the kitchen all at one time. I would have just said like, oh yeah, like the small windows, they're fine. I can see out in the backyard and it just changed everything. Um, but it's also a slippery slope. I mean, I feel like part of what slowed us down is that we needed to save more money to do things. And so, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of a process. Yeah, it definitely, definitely is. So no, I, I appreciate you, you know, going through that. I want to turn things just slightly toward your business. And, yeah. I, you know, since we're, we're, we're uh, crazy enough here at the last uh, 10 minutes of the of the show. And, uh, I wanted to, yeah, walk us through like how, what made you start this and tell us a little bit about it. What are you doing? And, uh, uh, you know, and what, what do you plan on doing? I know there's a big game coming tomorrow. Uh, yeah. yeah so just, just walk, walk us through everything. So I, at the very end of spring, I'm part of a charity, um, called the childhood league and they here in Columbus and they threw a big event at a brewery and being on that board, they had said, we need, yard games and i was like oh like you know, cornhole we and we had a bunch of the games but we needed like this was an event with like 400 people in a field and they were like the center of this is going to be all these yard games and like it was just so overly complex to coordinate we couldn't find a company that an affordable rate because everyone wanted to like sell us like big bouncy houses and just like obviously like these party rental companies want to make it worth their time if they're going to bring out all this stuff to the middle of a field. So we ended up just piecing together a bunch of stuff from people's private collections, but still had to get like trucks to drive it out to this field and haul it around. And I was like, God, it would be nice if there were just a small family owned company that would just do this kind of stuff. Like it's small scale enough where I was like, it should be a side business. This shouldn't be someone's career because I don't know that it's got seasonality to it and all that. And I started running it by some friends and then someone contacted me about a rental and I was like, I only have like these four things. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. How much do you want for them? And I was like, uh, 200 bucks and I'll deliver them. She's like, cool. What's your Venmo? And I was like, okay, uh, here we go. So, um, it's interesting because for Ohio, we live really close to Ohio state and obviously there's like big stuff coming up. And so someone had actually approached me about coming down to campus and doing a tailgating, rental package. And I did have a lot of people interested. Um, and what it would be is we would bring down um, a three game package. So you'd get three of the different games we offer. You could do, um, I don't know, like cornhole, ladder golf, and we have some more condensed games so that if you don't have a big tailgate spot, but the more I started mapping out the feasibility of the routes, they close a lot of the roads and it's huge. And so I was like, it's just not going to be profitable from like, because what people want there is actually the service offering. Um, they want the games at their tailgate, but they want the delivery and the pickup so that they don't have to waste like precious trunk space, um, you know, getting down to tailgates. So I, I had to take that offering down. I was like, I can't. I can't offer that because it's just not going to be profitable. It's just too hard for us to do that because we are small scale. We don't have the right uh, permits to get down into like the catering zones we need. Maybe for next year, if I can get like a permit. Um, but another, you know, you just talk to customers and now people were like, hey, I love your yard games, but 
do you have um, a company that you work with to do audiovisual equipment? So we found this like local company that we were going to partner with, but they don't do the delivery and setup either. They have a storage unit and they meet you at the storage unit and like you pick it up. And I was like, someone needs to do like a comprehensive offering. So that's what we're kind of doing behind the scenes right now um, is putting together these packages that we do. We go and we set up the screen, we set up the projector, we hook it up to, unfortunately, people don't understand they have to have some type of um, cable that they can get through an iPad to hook up to. So there's some kinks we're still working out. Um, but Jack's brother, who's really big on DIYing, used to be a DJ and is like super good with audio visual equipment. So I think we're going to be expanding the business to be a much larger team tent and bring in um, them as well, hopefully. Because um, there's a lot we can do with it. But there have been weekends that recently, I, I just basically have said, you're going to have, if you want to rent the games, come pick them up. Um, and you can have them as long as you want them until I have another rental. But we've been so busy with, you know, the projects here, but taking two, three hours out of the weekend to go deliver this stuff. Um, we have, we've had to kind of scale back on that. But I think we have bigger plans for next year to kind of rev up and maybe actually get some college students and staff it. So, and during the winter, we'll be turning our garage into a workshop to build out some different games. We actually had a uh, birthday party we did two weeks ago um, and we had just finished this giant kerplunk and so we prototyped it at the party it's really interesting when you watch one of your prototypes fail uh, basically we had just used like three inch balls and these kids were four years old and the funnest thing to them was like ripping the kerplunk sticks out as fast as they could and just seeing the 250 balls go like everywhere in this park um and so i was like okay the design is great like kids were like rocking the tower i was like stable tower design that was great um the connect four held up amazing but we do have some you know tweaks we're going to make to that as well um and the kerplunk i'm now going to use balloons and just do bigger but like you know we're prototyping this and so i do feel like i'm exercising the creative piece of my brain from a diy perspective like an insane amount lately for, for some of this, but it's been busy, but good. It's been fun to, you know, work these skills. Man, it takes such a special team to be able to say, you know, there ought to be a company. And then within six months, you have this profitable company up and running and just doing well, your thing. Crazy about it. Like what, one thing that's been great is that it has been, it hasn't been, it, the biggest thing was the time. So like, we will definitely be, we are profitable already, which is, which is wonderful uh, to the point where, you know, the childhood league, which inspired me to start this as having an event um, at the end of September. And we were able to actually Columbus Yard Games as a sponsor of that event. Um, that was my way of saying like, in a way, let's give back. And then also it's a way to say that a lot of the people from those events have, have been some of our first customers. Um, so it's a great place. Like when you're looking at like starting these small businesses is like, from an advertising, why go do Google ads and sell to strangers? Your friends oftentimes are willing to be your first paying customers. They're going to give you feedback and they're going to give you feedback that's in your best interest. So like, you know, our first couple rentals, people were like, Hey, um, the Jenga blocks, they're sticking because the paint we used hadn't quite cured. So then I was like, well, this is so great because they never stuck for me when we play with them, but we never played with them in the baking sun on a patio where I guess the lacquered paint just got kind of sticky. And so we switched all of it to stains instead of paints because that's just never going to stick. Um, but like, I feel like strangers 
I, I had, you know, I wanted the feedback from our friends. And so they've been able to help us kind of tweak some of the games and given us tons of ideas for future games. Um, and so paying to be a sponsor is the best type of advertising you could do because people at those events want to, you know, contribute back to the sponsors. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Well, great. I, I think we probably have time for one more question. If someone would like to ask Beth a question, um, uh, go ahead and raise your hand in the bottom right hand corner there. Uh, if not, you know, I also have, you know, kind of one, one last question then for you, Beth, like, uh, so what's, uh, what's next, what's next for you? I don't even know. Um, what's really interesting is, you know, <laughs> I feel like we have this like desire to buy an RV and renovate it. Um, I don't even know. Like, I think we've just kind of looked at domestic travel and how interested we are so then we looked at like renting an rv and we're like no like it comes down to function and like rv what if you design so it all starts with like a what if like a glass of wine and a what if statement we're like what if someone had an rv that was specifically designed for family trips like they're all designed for like traveling you know as a family but like for young kids because you look at like just how hard it is to travel with three kids five and under but i'm like if you could can like pack them in an RV and everything was specifically designed to cater to them. So maybe we'll get really ambitious and like in a year or two buy this RV for like families traveling with young kids. Who knows? I got to do some more business research, but we'll finish this house. We'll finish the first floor of this house by let's say January. I want to say the end of the year. Cause that's our goal, but let's give ourselves a little, little flexibility probably by January. And then we'll have yard games kind of going on. And then our next big project, I, mean, I don't want to sell this house. So we're going to have to get back into like, you know, rental real estate and doing those houses because I'm pretty committed to trying to stay in this one for a while now. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you, you've made it so, you know, so custom to what you love, which is great. Well, Beth, oh, go ahead, Cammy. You have one more thing. Oh, no, I was just gonna say this has been amazing as always. And I, I love talking to you because I feel like I learned so much. And um, you're inspiring in your, your aspirations, and also in your follow through and what you're, you're able to accomplish. So it's been fantastic. And I cannot wait to see what you do next, because I know it will be amazing. Thank you. We can thank Jack for being the follow through and the finish <laughs> on everything. So right. And Kudos to Jack. Get a, get a good DIY partner when you're doing stuff, someone to like, you know, force you to follow through. Right. Absolutely. Well, well we have for a, having a... you guys. This was fun. Thank you for coming out to the shared vision DIY talk with Beth and Jack from team Tench and of course Columbus Yard Games. You can follow Beth on Instagram using the handle at Team Tench and on her website toolpurse.com and of course columbusyardgames.com. If you have enjoyed today's conversation with Beth and Jack, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Share it with your DIY friends and listen to previous episodes while you do your own home projects. You can also join us live every Friday on Clubhouse at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, under the name DIY Talk. 
We have some exciting news about Shared Vision. We are less than a week away from sharing our DIY app, and we'll be talking more about it in the coming week. Please follow us on Instagram at joinsharedvision to get up-to-date details. If you'd like to be part of an exclusive first look, please reach out to us directly on Instagram or at our website at joinsharedvision.com. All right. Beth, great to have you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a good week. Bye.